Welcome to the Horizon Church Podcast. God is doing incredible things in Tampa. Learn more about us at horizontampabay.com. We hope you find today's message inspiring and encouraging. Let's dive in. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is so good to see all of you here this morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon. We are just so glad to see all of you here this morning. Um, It was a little cold earlier, but now it looks like it's becoming uh, a good Florida day. (laughs) So I'm excited about that. We are starting a new series over the next um, five to six weeks. We are in a season, um, Christians celebrate a season called Lent, and that's the 40 days before we celebrate Easter. And in that time, folks have typically, like, they give up something for Lent, or they'll take on a a practice, they'll try to make sure to pray for five minutes a day. Um, And so we invite you um, here at Horizon, we invite you to, to celebrate or participate in Lent in a way that feels fit for you, but we are gonna um, focus in this season on a sermon series called Less Is More. There's actually a new women's group starting on Wednesday mornings at 9.30. They're um, going through a book called Seven. Um, a, a woman named Jen Hatmaker gave up all these things for seven months in a row, and her and her family, like, they gave up media and TV and a certain amount of foods and, and stuff, and they just learned a whole lot. So there's lots of opportunities for you all to participate in ways um, to experience this sort of less is more over Lent, and we hope that you'll do that. If you have any questions about it, you can always ask Chris and I, and we can help get you plugged in somewhere to help make this season before Easter. As we prepare to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, my favorite story in the whole world, um, as we prepare to celebrate that together, um, there are just lots of ways for you to participate in that and do it. So ask us if you have any questions. Um, About four or five years ago, Chris and I were in a stage in life, we kind of wanted to go like on vacation. We had worked really hard for a couple years. We'd taken like a weekend trip or a two or three day trip, but we wanted like a week away somewhere for just you know, an extended amount of time, just actually get out of Nashville. We lived in Nashville at the time. We wanted to just get out of Nashville and enjoy like a trip. I wanted to go to Maine. It was October when we were going to plan this trip. I wanted to go somewhere like where we'd see beautiful leaves changing color, be cool and crisp. Um, I I even, I would have settled for a beach. I was like, you know, crystal blue water, sand. And Chris was like, Erica, it's been a long two years for me. And I just want to go home for a week. And I was like, okay, I love Tampa. It'll be warm there in October. We can do that. So, um, but for a week, he just wanted to eat breakfast, bacon and eggs and drink coffee, uh, cafe con leche with his abuela. Uh, That's what he calls his grandma. Um, We just wanted a simple time. And so we did that. We came here for a week in October and we literally just would go to Chris's grandma's house and we'd eat bacon and eggs Um, and drink cafe con leche in the morning for breakfast. And then we would like literally talk all morning and eat lunch and (laughs) take long naps on our couch. It was just like the most simple, fun week that we had ever had because we just like, we're we're just home for a week. Uh, We even kidnapped Chris's mom and took her, um, there there are these things called polar cups that are sold in Tampa. Does anybody know what these, they're like this snow cone frozen lemonade mix kind of thing. And so they sell them at a gas station like in North Tampa, and we kidnapped Chris's mom and took her for an afternoon. But we, we've talked like a lot of times about how much fun we had on that week, just coming home, settling into Tampa, and just, just being for a week. 
We got on the plane ride, headed back, and I told Chris, I was like, I, my soul didn't even know that I just needed those simple, fun things. I just needed to talk to Chris's grandma for hours on end. I needed to laugh with Chris's family. We needed to, to walk and run on Bayshore. We needed to travel to North Tampa and get a polar cup. Like, I didn't even know that we just needed those simple, easy things in life and so we were headed back on the plane and we're like looking through pictures and i told him i was like that was just like the most remarkable six days i've had in a long time and he didn't tell me i told you so because that would not have been good in that moment but he looked at me and he said sometimes less is more sometimes less is more and i i thought about that over the last couple of of days when i've been preparing for this sermon sometimes less is more and I was looking at the pictures at, um, that of the food that I took because I was gonna have an Instagrammable vacation regardless of where we were so this is uh, the bacon and eggs from Chris's grandma's house but something I noticed is how little her like plates and juice glasses and stuff were so as I've been thinking about this less is more we went to her house yesterday and I um, stole some items from her so don't tell her I'm gonna return them this afternoon but um, I found a wine glass that she received when um, she got married. She got a set of wine glasses, and this is about the size of that wine glass. And I came home, and I got the wine glasses Chris and I got when we were married. Less is more. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Judge for yourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, I looked at the cereal bowls that Chris's mom and aunt like ate out of um, a few years ago. I might say how long. And then I looked at the cereal bowls Chris and I had, and I'm just like, what a difference like 60 years has made in the size of our dishes. Do y'all see this? And then the, the dinner plates, this is mine and Chris's dinner plate. Like we eat off of these. This is Chris's grandma's dinner plate. I've ate lots of meals off these too. Look at the size difference in these. Isn't that crazy? And then this is my favorite one. Um, the juice glass, Carolina Tar Heels. This is our juice glass, a Turvis tumbler. And then this is Chris's grandma's juice glass. But I realized as I was making all of these comparisons that when we spent that week with her, we didn't need more stuff on our plates or in our glasses. Her making us bacon and eggs and sitting and talking to us for hours was exactly what my soul needed. Her fixing a two or three or four cups of cafe con leche in that coffee cup and talking to me about her kids and her family and her dreams for her grandson, that's what I needed. Less was more, because she had to fill it up a whole lot of times and we got to keep talking. It just reminded me, right, that less is more. And so I, I did think it was interesting how much things have changed, right? We've, we put more things in our house, we've, houses, we've put bigger things in our house. In the last 50 years, the square footage of houses, the average square footage of houses have changed 1,000 square feet. It's increased 1,000 square feet. In South Tampa, it's at least double that in the last 50 or 60 years. Um, and some of y'all are like, yes, we know. <laughs> um, but what I, what I have been amazed about reading and looking at this week is that even though our things have gotten bigger and we've, put, we've figured out ways to put more stuff in our houses, we're not happier or healthier. In fact, our depression rates and anxiety rates and loneliness rates are all increasing. Our obesity rates, our health rates, all of those things are increasing 
and so is our stuff. We're like literally drowning in excess. And sometimes I feel like that too, like there's no more room in my house or in my life for anything else. And it begins to sort of take us over, right? Before we know it, everything is just, we're, we're occupied with all this stuff, right? And we just are craving the simple things in life where less is more. How do we start to get rid of some of these things for less to become more? I think the people in Jesus' time had this exact same question. There are hundreds, thousands of people gathered to hear Jesus talk one day. It says that they were like running over each other. They were trampling on each other. It was so crowded. There was no more room for anybody else to crowd in to hear Jesus' teaching. And Jesus is teaching up a storm in Luke chapter 12. He's, he's telling them, like, this is the ways you can shine light, folks. These are the ways you can ignite change. This is what it looks like to be a leader. This is what it looks like to live the life that God has, it has for you. These people are just like in, 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 all around him. And Jesus is just teaching. He's, you know, just teaching, teaching, teaching. And all of a sudden, this guy is like, hey, Jesus. He interrupts Jesus in the middle of teaching. He says, Hey, will you just tell my brother to give me my share of the inheritance? This is in Luke 12. It really happened. Jesus is teaching, and he gets interrupted by God, and he says, Hey, will you just tell my, tell my brother to divide his inheritance with me? And Jesus said, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you two? Like, I'm not, doing, I'm not getting in the middle of that mess. Um, thank you, though. I'm actually in the middle of teaching some really profound things. It'd be nice if you listened to me and didn't just scream out, your questions. Jesus didn't say that, but it did. The scripture does indicate that Jesus sort of took a breath after this guy says, tell my brother to give me my share. Jesus took a breath and then he said to him, man, he, after he said, man, who appointed you to be a judge or an arbiter between you two? Like, this is not my place. And then he took a breath and I think Jesus realized, hey, this guy's asking a deeper question than just, I want my share of the pie. I want my piece of the inheritance. I want you to fix this little disagreement between my brother and I. Jesus is like, maybe this guy is asking a deeper question. And so Jesus takes a deep breath, and then he says this, watch out. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Watch out. Your question, this question about dividing up your inheritance is maybe more than just a question about dividing up your inheritance. Maybe there's some kind of deeper question that you're actually asking. Because you didn't listen to anything I was teaching about how to shine light and ignite change. All you could think about was how you were going to get your share of the pie. Watch out against that kind of greed. I don't know what questions you bring here this morning. I don't know what questions are going through your head right now. I don't know what, what things you want Jesus to fix. But I, I, I heard Jesus in the scripture take a good, deep breath. And this morning, worship serves as an opportunity for you to take a good, deep breath. And think about what is the deeper question I might be asking because I think Jesus began to understand something deeper about this question this guy was asking. He wasn't just asking for his share, right? I don't want you just to fix my share. I, I, I want it now and I need more. I need more, Jesus. And I think Jesus might have been asking, why? Why do you need more? 
And so he says to him, right, watch out about all kinds of greed and abundance. That's the teaching that Jesus offers. I, I, after I read this, I, emailed, I texted a friend, Whitney Brewer. She owns an organization company here in Tampa. She goes into folks' houses when they've gotten overwhelmed by all their stuff and helps them organize and, and cut down on their stuff. And I asked her, I said, what is the one thing you would tell people? If you, if you could stand up there on Sunday morning and, and tell people what, what's the one thing you've learned in the last year, and this is what she said, excess is overrated. It just causes clutter and costs you way more for so many reasons. And I was like, that sounds a lot like what Jesus says. Watch out. That stuff will start to take you over. It's going to cost you way more. You're not going to experience the life. You're not going to be free for the life that you want to live. And then um, Mother Teresa says it a different way. Mother Teresa was a missionary, a, a minister in Calcutta, India, among the poorest of the poor. And she took on a life of poverty to serve the people around her. She just lived this absolutely profound life. And she says, the more you have, the more you are occupied and the less you give. And we all know what giving does deep down to us, right? It's, it's what brings us joy and purpose and fulfillment. So the more you have, the more you're occupied, the less you give. But the less you have, the more free you are. And that's why we're talking about this less is more. Jesus doesn't want you burdened by not having enough. That's not, that's not what Jesus is asking us or inviting us into this morning. Jesus is asking us if we're ready to live a life that's more free than the life we've been living. If we're ready to let go of these things that are taking up all our time and all our space and all the things in our lives, what does it look like to begin to let go of some of those things that aren't, aren't serving us, aren't impacting the world, aren't helping our lives? What does it look like to start to let go of some of those so that we can experience freedom again? Anybody in here craving a life that is free? And so this is what Jesus teaches. He teaches that. And then Jesus never, ever just teaches. He always tells a story. He tells a story so that we can, we can find ourselves in it in some, in some way. These, these stories are called parables. They have, they have deeper meanings about what it is God is doing in our lives, uh, deeper meanings about who it is that we really are, what is the question that we are really asking. And Jesus told them this parable. As soon as he teaches them, watch out. Watch out for that greed. It's going to start to take over your life. And then Jesus told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there, that is where I'll store my surplus grain. And I'll say, then he said, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. This is what we think, right? We're going to get all this grain. We're going to put it in a bigger barn. We're going to tear down our barns, build bigger ones, stuff it absolutely, completely full. And then we're going to sit in our rocking chair outside and eat, drink, and be merry because everything's going to be fine in life. But God said to him, Jesus says, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. And I was like, that was a pretty good story until we got to the end. But then I realized, like, what is it that Jesus wants us to hear? What is it that Jesus is inviting us to learn and to know in this story? And I think it's that 
that God, we as humans, right, is, it, why did he build this bigger barn, right? Why, was he, why did he need to build a bigger barn with excess? But that's our question, right? Like, what are we going to do with all the extra things that we have? And we build bigger. We just go bigger because that's all we know to do. So he began to say something about what it is that we're asking when we ask Jesus, hey, will you fix this dilemma for me? I, I want more. I want my, my inheritance. I want my half. But what we think we are asking, right, what we think we're asking Jesus is what, what can you go to the next slide? Sorry. <laughs> why, why do we crave bigger and better? right? Like he's got this, all this excess grain and he puts it in a bigger barn to save more, right? And, and this story says, this is what God knows about what we're really asking, right? Cause he does that. And, and he says, what happens if tomorrow it's all gone? What happens if you've stored up all this extra stuff and tomorrow you're gone and no one even knows you have all this extra stuff in two barns? What if somebody's got to go through that and sort the grain out? What are you going to do? And so the question that God knows that we're really asking is, will my life and what I do actually matter? Will all this stuff that I've, all this time that I've invested in getting these bigger barns, getting all this bigger stuff, is it actually going to matter? When I'm gone, are they even going to know where to find the grain, the extra grain? Is my life going to matter? Well, all this stuff that I'm doing, is it actually going to matter? And this is what Jesus says. He closes up the story by saying this, be rich toward God. Be rich toward God. Maybe that will mean you don't build bigger barns, or maybe you build bigger barns and you share it in some kind of way, because God's given us the creativity and the ability to think that way. So that we're shining light and ignite, igniting change. Jesus doesn't say, this is exactly what you're supposed to do with your more. Jesus just says, be rich toward God. When you're wondering, when you get home at night, will what I'm doing from day to day actually matter? Will storing this up actually matter? Will living this way actually matter? Will working all these extra hours, will it actually matter? Ask yourself, am I being rich toward God? Or am I storing all of this stuff up for me? Because if you really want your life to matter, you're rich toward a God who can use our surplus to create a new day for us and for the people around us. It will free us up and it gives to the people around us for the richness of God. In my own life, I've seen this come true. I, I worked in a prison ministry for a few years and a woman who had been in prison for over 30 years, her name is Dahl. Um, she'd been in prison for over 30 years. She got out on parole just a few weeks before my husband and I were placed with my son through adoption. In fact, Dahl had asked me a lot of times, like, what's your, what's your plan for growing your family? And I was like, it's, it's not good. Things aren't good some days. And some days things would be really good. And we had a, a you know, hopeful adoption case. And some days that would fall apart. So Dahl just kind of listened to me. And she, and she promised me she'd be praying. And she prayed and she prayed and she prayed. And about two weeks after she got out of prison, we got a phone call and um, we were placed with David and we got to bring David home. And this is a picture of Dahl and David. Um, but Dahl got out of prison. She didn't have a place to live. She had no job. She had no money. And a bunch of us just came together and helped her find a place to live. We collected clothes and dresses for her to start a new job. Chris actually helped find her a job near the church where, where he worked. 
And, and Dahl got her first paycheck not long after we brought my son, David, home. And she calls me and she says, Erica, can you come pick me up? She didn't have a car. She just used the bus or she walked from downtown. She had an apartment in downtown Nashville. And she called me and she said, Erica, I've got something for you. Can you come pick me up? I want to give something to David. And so I went and picked him up. I went and picked it all up. And I did my normal, like, oh, you didn't have to get him anything. But her first paycheck, the first thing she did was go cash her check. And she went to the Dollar Tree that's there in downtown Nashville. And she picked up some baby soap and some baby lotion. And I picked her up in my car and she put it in a nice bag and she gave it to me. And when we got home, she, she got to meet David and hold him and love him. And I realized that she could have spent that first paycheck on anything. She'd spent over 30 years locked up in prison. She could have spent it on her favorite food, on the outfit that she wanted to wear. She could have spent it. She could have spent that money anywhere she wanted. But the very first thing she did with the money that she spent was buy soap and lotion for a baby that she had prayed for to have room in someone's home. And I put that soap on my hands and I scrubbed my baby that night in the bath and I told him, you are so loved. The first thing that Dahl did with her money wasn't indulge in herself, get herself something bigger and better. The first thing she did was begin to invest in the new day God was creating in the life of a family and the life of a little boy. And as I rubbed him down with that smell good Johnson and Johnson soap, I realized this is what Jesus was offering. What does it look like for us not to build bigger and better? Doll had experienced God's new day deep in her bones in the, deep, in the depths of prison 15 years before she bought that soap. And the first thing she did in the free world was not spend her money to buy something bigger and better, but to invest in the richness of God because she knew what it was like for other people to, to take time out of their, their day and read, read the Bible and read stories and give things to folks in prison. And so the first thing she did with the richness that she got was invest in a new day somewhere else. That's what God's asking us to do with the more and the bigger that we have. And God's not asking it to be some amazing $7 million investment in something. For David, the richness of God was soap and lotion. Where is God inviting you? Where is God inviting you to let go of some of the more in your life and to invest in this crazy notion that only Jesus can make come alive and make a new day happen, that less is actually more. What does it look like for you to begin to invest in the richness of God to help others know about the new day God is having? What does it look like for God to use you to shine light and ignite change in the lives of others? What does that look like for you this morning? Over the next four or five weeks, we're going to have an opportunity to invest in the lives of children who don't always know where their socks or their shoes or their clean pants or their clean shirts are going to come from. We have an opportunity to partner with Clothes to Kids, an organization that is, that is absolutely committed to making sure every child has a jacket to wear to school, has clean shoes that work on their feet, have socks and underwear and the things that we need, right? Because less is more. So what does it look like over the next few weeks for us to, to start thinking about what does it mean to have clean socks and shoes for kids who don't necessarily have them 
anymore. So we're going to partner with them over the season of Lent. There's an, a, a donation box in the back. There's going to be lists out for you. We're going to call it the Heart and Soul Drive. Um, and you can, they are, we're going to collect new and gently used um, socks and shoes for kids, size 9 and up for girls and boys. And we're just going to collect it in the box. And we're going to say over, this next few day, over these next few weeks, God, as we lead up to Easter, may our less, may us being less make you more. May somehow, God, you use what we bring to shine light and ignite change, that there can be a new day in a kid's life when they walk into school with new, new shoes and new socks on their feet. Will you pray with me? God, there are so many of us this morning who just want more of you, more of those simple, real good things in our lives, God. And so we just come this morning asking you for that. And whatever we need to have less of in our life to make that happen, God, right now we want to offer that, that to you. That, that we may be less, that our wants and our desires may be less, so that the richness of you and your desire for all of us to have a new day May that be what wins, God, because we're not worried about what's bigger or better, but we're worried about investing in your richness. We love you, and most of all, God, we thank you that your richness means that we are loved just as we are. Bathed in your Holy Spirit, loved by you. We love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Horizon Church Podcast. If you are in the Tampa area, consider joining us one Sunday. You can also be a part of shining light and igniting change by financially supporting the ministries of Horizon Church at horizontampabay.com giving. Thank you again for joining us 